0: Um she has some cancer and they checked test yesterday to see if it had moved um, anywhere else in her body. So, for okay. So cover from this morning. Um Sunday school tend to be in prayer for Sandy bebe Um she's a work resident at Crow Haven. Um, and we need to pray for the Mary Coward family. Mary Coward has passed, and so we need to be in prayer for her family. We um, want to continue to pray for a fall festival, which I know we're all doing. Um, and, and then the praise was um, for housing. Um, a mobile home that recently uh, was able to be provided to somebody and, um, that they have a Praise for housing anywhere. Really,
1: grateful for that. Need have prayer for the Louise Willis family. I just found out that she passed
2: away yesterday. Louise Willis. Okay. Okay.
1: and will wise back to a normal rate like this time you better. Okay. Anyone else?
0: is stepping up in our church, even the young lady playing Vienna this morning and people are stepping out of their comfort zone. Uh, uh, it's hard sometimes to get up there and, and do things to so get out of our comfort zone. But uh, uh, praising God for, for adding coming up here playing piano, praising uh, God for James coming up to the pulpit uh, and just thanking God for, for working in our
1: else? I have
0: one. Okay. Uh, Carrie Wallace, uh, she has stage four cancer. And her daughter, Mary, asked me to pray for us, for them. And also, I'd like to uh, pray for my husband, Vince. He has uh, stage one, and um, he starts radiation Tuesday.
1: Stage one.
2: Radiation
1: Tuesday. Okay. All right. Anybody else?
0: Got one more praise. Our church is working today uh, after service on the uh, Samaritan First gifts going out. So we'll have 50 or 52, 53 gifts that are going out to uh, children, Uh, probably overseas. But if you would pray. For these boxes that are going out for these children. And we'll be saying before we send them out that they—they they are each box will get to the person that that box needs to get to. You know, that, uh, that, that young person will have Jesus in their life, and if they don't, that Jesus will, that they will accept Jesus in their life, and sooner than later, and that their family has peace and comfort with
1: anyone else all right let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for all that you mean to us we pray right now that your holy spirit will come upon us and uh, that you'll fill this place with your spirit and that everything that's said and done the music the message the petitions for prayer will honor you lord that's all that matters, Lord, that we honor you. We pray specifically for our foster children in Moore County that they find a home and they're taken care of. We have some that have cancer. Lord, we pray for Cindy and, and Vince and uh, Carrie, that you'll heal them first and foremost, but if not, that you'll provide comfort for them and their family through this part of life, and that uh, you're, the, you're the ultimate healer. We know you can if you choose to do so, Lord, and we pray for those grieving. We pray for Mary, the Mary Howard family and the Gloria McDaniel family that, uh, that she'll be with their family as, uh, as they grieve loved ones. Uh, we thank you for all you do. We pray for our pastor as he's away. We pray for safe travels. Uh, and just be with us the rest of this service and that we bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, I make this prayer. Amen.
0: If you please stand, um, Offertory Hymn is page 573, Heaven Came Down.
1: Let's start off by saying my tombstone's going to read A Man That Was Seriously Flawed But Loved the Lord. Okay, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I'm perfect. Matter of fact, I'm about to pass out, to be honest with you. Steve's helping me a little bit. My previous professional career, I talked in front of people, I hadn't done it in a long time. But when you talk about the Lord, you need to make sure it's right um, because He's the ultimate authority. And you want to please Him. That's all that matters. But how did I come up with the message today? I was laying in bed on Sunday morning. And it's like Paul on the road. And Jesus come before him. It just hit him right in the face. And it hit me in the face. It was like I woke up. And the first thing I thought about was the message he was giving me. And Job. Now, the lesson is long. I'm going to try to, Roger's like appreciating this one. Uh, hang on, I might say a few things wrong, Roger, and you get me after the service because he is, I call him the professor. He knows that Bible up and down, and uh, I don't. But it came to me in a dream, and it was so strong. I came that Sunday morning. I've never done this before. And I told her, "Nay, Usually my dreams aren't too good. Usually I'm half naked in a square looking for clothes and hiding, okay? That's a phobia I have, okay? But this was all the Lord, and I said, Jerry, man, I had a dream. I said, I don't know when it's going to come, but it's something that is a message that needs to get out. He said, well, I got an idea for you. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you need to pray about this. Uh, And he did. and, And I said, talk to David Wicker. Ask him to do it. I was trying then to get out of it. And David said, no, it wasn't the time. So here we are. And that's why I'm here. The world has gone mad, if you hadn't noticed. I've been reading books by David Jeremiah. I read one prior to Honduras, and I finished it up in Honduras. It's about after the rapture. What happens after the church is called home? And if you, don't, if you read that, it scares you enough to want to witness to folks. Well, that's not going to pertain to me, and hopefully most of you will not pertain to. Uh, but I wanted to read another book that he's got a series that does. It's The World of the End, and that's where we're living now. And he gives you signs. And we're here, and this book was just finished up, and he's got current timelines of events that happened this year in this book. We're here, we're in the end times, don't know how long it's going to be. I'm not going to preach that you need to sell everything you need, you know, and and come to church and pray day and night. You you can do that, but just it's here and we've got to recognize it. So uh, it comes from a place where I believe that we need to understand the nature of Satan, not many churches talk about Satan and the nature of Satan. But he's working hard right now. Extreme. He's doing a good job at what he does. So we need to know how he works and operates. This will help us prepare for what will come to pass before the rapture according to God's Word. Uh, Jesus talks about the birth pains. Before his death, he talked about it. talked to it uh, to two disciples. And those are going to increase before the rapture. And after the rapture, they're going to really grow and uh, so the birth pains are, are, are a sign from God he talked about it in his book not, not something I made up it's right here Okay. they'll become st- more uh, stronger and more frequent the signs are here you see it mass shootings rapid evil crime distrust for any public official lies being told outright the delusions and lack of moral compass just to name a few it's here no it hasn't been this way the whole time in the United States no, it hasn't. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's different, you know, yeah, murder's always been here, but evil has ramped up to the point. I just got off a cruise, and to see people acting and dressing and doing what they were doing blew my mind. It absolutely boggles me that people can totally have no moral compass at all, and it's here. Um, we've got an election coming up, and there's going to be things that are said and done until Tuesday that are that we've gotten used to and numb as a society, but you, I'm going to get into what, that is, what they're doing and Satan. People blame racism, parents with lack of upbringing of their children, mental illness, even climate change. Those might be contributing factors, but, but society as a whole discounts Satan as a culprit. They discount it. It's the parents' fault. The kid goes in there and shoots up a school. It's the gun's fault. It's climate change making people crazy. It's not Satan. Satan's, if you think about it, you know, he's not talked about in the United States today as a real, except in churches. Okay, so who is Satan? Satan has the power to kill, steal, possess, and influence human beings. Satan is a powerful being. Ask Job Satan killed his whole family. Killed his livestock, took his possessions. God allowed Satan to kill his whole family. He said, don't touch Job though. Okay. Job's family did partying. They partied like crazy. And they did not honor God, but Job made sacrifices to God for his family. And then I guess he had enough. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for God. The moment I try to speak for God, then, then I'm wrong. I don't know why he did it, but Satan has the power to kill it's in here he has he has the power to possess people that little kid walking through the park shooting up people that's not mental illness that's evil got to recognize satan is evil the um there's a book out that military leaders have studied over the years and i knew about it it's called the art of war it was written by sun tzu and all the great military leaders, whether they're here or overseas or wherever, whatever country, they, they read this book because the premise of the book is in order to defeat your enemy, you must know your enemy. In order to defeat your enemy, you must know your enemy. We already know the enemy in our case is Satan. And he has already been defeated on the cross with a death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's defeated. But can he win battles? Absolutely, He's winning them today. Okay? So, but he can still win battles distracting Christians from doing the will of God and also by taking as many humans to hell with him when Jesus returns. That's his goal. He knows he lost. He knew it on the cross. He lost, but he's going to take as many with him as he can. It's hot in here, isn't it? Somebody cut down that AC because I'm going to sweat up here. Alright, so who is, the nat- who is Satan? What is the nature of, of Satan? Recognize this. He was a fallen angel, the angel of light created by God, thought he could be God and sinned against God. Satan is the God of this world. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Satan is the God of this world. So And we don't talk about it? Here we do. They don't talk about it because that's planned by Satan. He likes to fly under the radar. So what's the nature of Satan? He is the tempter. Matthew 4, 3 says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. This was Jesus in the wilderness. He said to Jesus, If you're the Son of Man... Turn this into bread. okay? He's tempting Jesus. Don't you think He'll tempt us? He's, teaching, he's tempting the creator of the universe and the world and Satan himself. And He's trying to tempt him so He's going to tempt us. He's going to tempt us. He wants to undo God's work. Mark 4.15 And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their heart. So you do a work... You do a work with your neighbor. You plant the seed. Satan comes behind you; he tries to do away the work you've planted. Okay, so he is, an un- he wants to undo God's work. He wants believers worship. He wants you to worship him. Jesus in the wilderness, he tried to get Jesus to worship him. Here's how he did it: Luke four six through eight. And the devil said to him, "All the authority I will give to you, and their glory." For there has been delivered to me, and I will give to, to it whomever, whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And then Jesus said, answered and said unto him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord our God, and him only you shall serve. So he wants to be worshipped. And there are a lot of people worshiping Satan today. There's more people worshipped in Satan today in our community than in this church. They just don't know it. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the indwelling. They don't know it. He's the father of lies. John 8.44 says, You are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So he lies. So, you know, we talk about little lies and little lies. If if we're lying, we're doing Satan's bidding. Okay? Because he is the father of that. He instigates evil. Here's the big one. That's what we're seeing in the world today. John 13 2. And the supper, this is at the last supper, dealing with Jesus and Judas Iscariot. And the supper being ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. He put it into Judas's heart. He put it in that kid's heart to go out and kill other people. He put it into their heart. He's powerful. John 13, 27. Now after the piece of bread, this was given to Judas, Satan entered him. He possessed him. If you're saved by the grace of God, God possesses you. If you're not saved by the grace of God, Satan can possess you. Don't talk about it much these days, but the old the old churches did. Um, they really did. They talked about the possession of Satan and individuals. You know, we talk about the pigs being possessed and Jesus drove them over the cliff. Uh, but we don't talk about people. Exorcism, because there was a movie. It's all taboo. But Satan can possess, because here in the Word... According to the Bible, Satan entered Judas. Okay? So the next thing he does, he lures people to turn away from God. He tries to get them away from God. Job Job 2, 4, and 5. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone with his flesh... And he will surely curse you to your face. Well, we know the story. Job did not curse God. Uh, And if I have time, and I doubt I will, I'll get to that part. But he lures people. So here he is. He's a tempter. He wants to undo God's work. He wants believers worship. He's the father of lies. He instigates evil. He tries to lure people away from God. That's his nature. his nature. Now you can recognize. Who is God? Well, we've, we know who God is, but I'm going to say it anyway because he deserves the honor. We can't talk about Satan and not talk about God. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of all living things, whether in the spirit of or in the flesh, or beast or vine of the earth, or the universe or galaxies. God is the creator of all things. Now, Roger, I came up with that one. If I'm wrong on something, you let me know, okay? I love Roger. He is the author and creator of love, the healer, the redeemer, the savior. God is everything good. Wow. You can see the contrast. So, let's get to the next part of the. My first marriage, I didn't do so hot. And so we went to a Christian counselor who was a pastor, and he still—I think he's still counseling. And uh, my upbringing, I didn't really know what love was. And while doing the counseling session, he said uh, he asked me a question. He said, "What is the opposite of love?" And I said, "Hate, anger." He said, "Most people say that. What is the opposite of love?" He said, "Was fear." The opposite of love is fear. Anger, you can have anger towards sin. it's in the Bible. Uh, it's, but the opposite of love is fear. God is love, Satan is fear. So if you know how both work, the whole book, if you don't get anything out of the Bible, it's all about love. And the opposite of love is fear, and that's Satan, kind to go, trying to go against it. So how does he work? He works in fear. Okay. So, causes of fear, what causes us to fear? Disobedience, Genesis 3:10. And this is Adam in the garden. So he said, "I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself." We sin, we fear God's repercussion. We do something wrong, we fear what's going to happen to us. Disobedience to God, disobedience to our parents, disobedience leads to fear. Okay, that's one. And it's not all inclusive, there are other factors. Uncertainty. Now, we're living in a time where we just came out of corona, the uncertain times, North Korea fired missiles. You you don't know whether to take your kid to school with a bulletproof vest on. It's uncertain times. This is to Paul talking 2 Corinthians 11:3 through 4 but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by the craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ for if he who comes preaches another Jesus or whom whom we have not preached or you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted you may well put it up may, may well put up with it so uncertainty, and that's probably one of my biggest things. Is, is I like order and I like organized and I like making a plan. Uncertainty draws a lot of, can draw a lot of fear in my life. What are the results of fear? It demoralizes the believer. Fifteen Samuel thirteen five through eight talks about uh, then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore in a multitude. And they came up and encamped Michmash to the east east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, they were distressed. Then the people hid in caves and thickets and in rocks and in holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan. To the land of Gad and Gilead, as for Saul, he was still in Gilead, and the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgad, and the people were scattered from him. They went, they saw the army, and they went. They were afraid, they scattered, they hid, okay? So let's talk about uh, fear, fear will. here's my quote. Because it's true in my life. Anytime when I go and really look back on where fear's grip, just gripped me, fear will make you say things that you wouldn't normally say. Fear will make you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And fear will make you think things that you wouldn't normally think. If you think back times when you've been in just severe, grip, just crippling fear, you probably... If God is love and fear is Satan, you weren't doing what God wanted you to do. You weren't in His love. Okay? I'll give you an example. 2016, I sold my Scots franchise business to True Green. Life was good. I call her Pookie. We traveled. We had a good time. You know, and we thanked the Lord. And I sold all my equipment. The guys went to work for True Green except for one. I had Brian. It was me, Terry, Brian. I said, take the year off. You don't have to work. She enjoyed life. I get a letter a year later from the um, Industrial Commission. I canceled my workers' comp. I didn't need it. I didn't have any employees except for Brian. I get a letter saying you're, uh, you're wrong. You should have had workers' comp, and you're going to pay a fine. And I got to figuring out the numbers after the letter. And it was looking about like $80,000 I was going to have to pay. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I called the lady. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, I, I was counting as employee. Terry was counting as employee. Even though she didn't work, I just paid her. Uh, and so I did. I crossed the line. So I, first thing I did, I called a mentor of mine that's a Christian that deals with the industrial commission. Then I called Jamie Bowles, met with Jamie Bowles. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, you're a politician. Talk to folks. So he did. In the next session, he pulled in congressmen that were in charge of the industrial commission. And he said, "What are you trying to do? Put people out of business?" There was a man and his wife who wanted; she needed a break. They were running a very good business, and she they hired a secretary part time just to fill in. They were over hundred thousand dollars in fines. He said, "What are y'all trying to do?" Long story short, from the day I got the letter until the day I got the last letter, I was in fear. I'd go to the bell box and my hands would be shaking. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think clearly. Fear had crippled my life. And I'm sure I wasn't a great husband during those times. I'm pretty positive. Terry put up with me though. Just the fear was unreal. Well, long story short, they changed the laws. The Lord worked it out and all that fear for nothing. Uh, they called me up and said, they changed the laws. You qualify. You only have to pay $2,500 fine. I said, where do I mail the check? She said, slow down. Wait till the letter comes. I said, great. Fear. The last time I had fear was not too long ago. My wife had triple bypass surgery. And I'm going to tell you, the fear just crippled, Just When the doctor told us what he had to do, and there were two doctors roaming around. And I said, which one could do the surgery first? And the one doing all the talking told me. And then the one walking back and forth. And there was a crowd. I said, when can you do it? He says, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. I said, you're hired. So from when she left the hospital to surgery, somebody sat with her 24 hours a day. Period. That's the way I had to have it. I was afraid she was going to die on me because her cousin just died the year before. And of... Uh, aortic embolism i think it was i was checking her in the middle of the night while she was sleeping to make sure she was breathing it was horrifying i just fear instead of relying on the lord fear gripped just, just grabbed hold and just that's what fear does so how do we battle fear first john 4:18 says there is no fear in love but a perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Why am I talking about fear? Because that's what Satan's doing right now. Look at the news. Look at the election. I saw one presidential historian say if the Republicans win, then it's going to be not like Nazi Germany and they're going to come get your kids and haul them away and you're going to be jailed. And all. What? Okay? It's fear. They're preaching fear. Fear is big business. This is the most important part. I'm going to talk about it all. And I only got 10 minutes, but young people, listen. Christian counselor, I didn't know what love was. I talked about, you know, I knew Jesus' love. But what is love? What is love? Love is a choice, not a feeling. Okay? Young people, when that boy and you, you know, he's he's got your eye and you got him, and he says... He wants to, you know, maybe you do some things that you wouldn't normally do or whatever. He says, but we love each other. No, that's a feeling. That's hormones. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Jesus Christ gave us us the ultimate example of love. When He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, His body was in so much torment and pain, He was sweating blood the Bible says. He didn't feel too good. He didn't feel too good at all. When you're sweating blood, you know your body's going... He was God in the flesh and His body was in torment because His mind told His body what was getting ready to happen. He knew exactly. So, He chose by love, it was a choice, to hang on the cross because He made that choice for us that we would have eternal life, that who would bridge the gap between He and the Father, us and the Father, not He and the Father. Okay? So He made that choice. Didn't feel good. I'm pretty positive by all Scripture that the cross, uh, the crucifixion was not a good feeling. Okay? So love is a choice, not a feeling. So what does love look like for us in our everyday life? What does it look like? This is where the rubber meets the road. I'm kind of a simple man. Just tell me how to just tell me simply how to do it. Love is is a form of worshiping God. It's being obedient to God, it's helping your neighbor with lawn or yard work. And we we youth helped Terry out before he passed away and not knowing that he was going to pass away, but his family came into town and saw the yard and it was cleaned up somewhat, I guess. I would I didn't go to that one. But that's a form of love, okay? Uh, Helping your neighbor. Baking banana nut bread. Where's Maya? For fellow church members. Helen? Yeah, that's love. I'm going to tell you, that's love to me. Serving the church, choir, Sunday school workers, teachers, leading worship music, being a deacon, keeping the church books, serving on committees, custodial work for the church, whether being inside or outside Bible school, serving in that, serving in fundraisers for missions, Christian shoe boxes, Samaritan's purse boxes. Those are all acts of love. Being there for others facing COVID with advice or medicine. Roger and Ann called him up. Terry's suffering from COVID. She's hacking and coughing and not getting better, and I was worried. Snow was on the ground. Roger said, Come see me. He had a plan laid out for me, he had the medicine. And Ann was sick at the time, and she peeked through the door, and we he gave me that medicine. Uh, it made me feel better. She got healed through, and he said, "If she doesn't get better, call me." I was like, "Yes, sir." Uh, that's an act of love that family showed our family in uncertain times, and that's what that's what love is about. Okay, helping and praying for a coworker struggling with issues, being patient with others not my strong suit right being patient with others I'm not very patient I'm going to tell you being slow to anger no I think you should just get it out and just don't let it fester no that's not what the Lord said that's not love you know I don't let things fester I just get it out well that's not, that's not what right Pookie that's not what the Lord wants <laughs> listen to people and show concern for them speak the truth in love I'll give you a good example of this one and I'm going to end up running over it. Driving back from Honduras or from the airport after going to Nicaragua, I was, in a, in, I was driving and Jerry's in the pasture and we had a bunch of Methodists and he talked about somehow it got onto the homosexual preachers in the pulpit and the lady says, well, they can't help the love and they thought it was all right. I said, but love's a choice. Sure, they can help it. Love is a choice, it's not a feeling. My vice might be something that's different from your vice, but we all have vices and we have to choose to squash them or give in to them. Love is a choice. Homosexual community and Satan has given us a lie. I can't help who I choose to love. But we know love is a choice, right? We know from Scripture. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Uh, Sharing the gospel is definitely a way to show love being, a loyal, being loyal to a friend. In our last days, it's going to be hard not to do this, but we've got to do this because it's coming. Not vengeful when you have been wronged. 80 million Christians have been killed since the beginning of time or since Christianhood. 35 million have been killed in the last century. So it's getting worse. It's not getting better. You say, oh, back then it was worse. No, it's 35 million last century were killed. Christians, persecuted. It's coming. It's going to get more frequently. That's what the Bible says. Look at it if you don't believe me. Love is an action or service to another person that is giving up something from themselves, whether time, talent, money, prayer, support, energy, in any way that is good for another person. That's love. It's getting away something of yourself for the betterment of somebody else. In a world full of increasing fear, we must remain in the spirit of love in troubling and in fearful and uncertain and even deadly times, love will guide the way for the lost to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the only way they're going to come to the Lord is with love. That's it. He talks about it in the book. You can't beat them in the head. You can't do it. You got to show love, and the way you do that is those examples we talked about. So we're coming to the last part of my message, and this is what the Lord gave to me. He said, "Give and take." All right, and he ran down. He's like, Satan gives and God. I mean, Satan, God gives and Satan takes, and then, and then it was all scrambling. It was all going through my mind. I'm like, okay. If you're a follower of God, if you're a Christian, and you believe in Him, you've accepted Him. Satan gives and and, and takes. And God gives and takes. But if you're not an acceptor of Jesus Christ, you're getting what you get from Satan and not of God. Plain and simple. If you follow God and believe in God, you're getting what He gives and what He takes. If you don't believe in God and haven't accepted Him, you're getting what and taking what Satan wants you to have. Plain and simple. So what forms of giving and taking do God have and what Satan... God gives life, God gives love and peace and joy. God gives eternal life, God gives justice. God gives mercy, God gives patience. God gives second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances. God never gives up. God takes away your sin. God takes away your pain. God takes away your addiction. God takes away your needs. God takes away your enemy. God takes away your penalty of sin. God takes away your burdens. God takes life. Yeah, He can take your life. If you're a follower of Christ, that's what God can do for you. If you're not, here's what Satan can do for you. Satan gives fear. Satan gives lies. Satan gives vengeance. Satan gives anger. Satan gives sin. Satan gives delusions. Satan gives wars. Satan gives disease. Satan gives false sense of hope. Satan gives pride. Satan gives false doctrine. Satan gives the Antichrist. And he's coming. He is coming. What does Satan take? Satan takes away joy. Satan takes away peace. Satan takes away hope. Satan takes away eternal life in heaven. Satan takes away souls. Satan takes away your possessions. Satan takes away your vision of right versus wrong. Satan takes away your moral compass. Satan takes away your ability to be honest. And Satan takes away your love. So I guess the question today is, who will you let give to you or take from you today? God or? or Satan. As a follower of Christ, can you listen to Satan and, and, and fall into some of his snares? Yes. He'll give you all these things. He'll take away all these things. But he can't take away your soul. He can't take away your eternal life if you're a follower of Christ. If you're not, that's who you're serving today. That's who's given and taken. So I urge you, if you don't know Jesus... If I can stand up here and preach from the pulpit, and I'm not preaching, I'm sending the message, if you haven't decided to follow Jesus today, you can step out and come down here. Because it takes an act. It takes an act. It takes you to move forward and come down and step. And nobody's going to, well, I've got to clean up my act before I come down the there. You'll never clean up your act enough. You never will. And that's what Christ says. He said it. You'll never be good enough. You'll be good enough to where I can heal you and I can forgive you, but on your own, you can't do anything. You can't. I had to pray so hard before I came here. I was like, "Oh, just let me be a robot and you speak through me. Uh, Let me just do what you want. You cannot do anything outside the will of God that pleases God, okay? But you can get down and walk down that aisle if you've never done it before, and angels will rejoice in heaven angels in this church will rejoice quit drinking quit smoking quit eating too much and then I'm going to come down the aisle well yeah you could but a lot of people died today wishing they had come down that aisle Okay, so who is God talking to or who is Satan talking to this morning who's giving and who's taking that's the big question And I'm going to finish it up on love is a choice. You have to choose to love. God loved us first. He chose to love us. And that's how we can love. It's simple as that. Okay? And the opposite of love is fear. Some of us have fear. Fear of coming down that aisle. Fear of joining the church. Fear of talking before the church. And I had a little bit of anxiety. It wasn't fear this morning. It was anxiety. Okay, there's a big difference. So if you want to join, you want to become a member, want to have your eternal life set in stone with Jesus Christ in the Lamb's Book of Life, today's the day. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. You could be running down a trail at the park and some crazy, Satan-filled, satanic person kill you or one of your children or one of your family members. Okay? It's that easy. You can get out of the drive down the road and be done. Some drunk driver or some crazy I'm like Jerry. Some of these drivers don't need to be driving, but uh, it could happen. Heart attack, stroke happens every day. There's one business that will never grow um, in bankruptcy or never fold, and that's the uh, funeral home business, okay? Is there anybody who's been grippled by fear today that would like to share the story and how they got through it um, and what it did and what pain it caused and what time it lost or just a story about fear or anything they want to share at all because this is kind of open. Anybody? Yeah.
0: And I'm only acting out that way because of the fear of what could have happened. And it's something that we talk about. That I always apologize,
1: like I'm sorry, I let fear control me in the moment. And exactly. Like, really, in my heart, I'm gonna line up and help them and come to them. That's natural. That's a bodily. That's a physical. That's who you are in the flesh. And, and that's not necessarily so bad. It's living in a spirit and a state of fear just you know it's okay to be you want to have a little bit of, I'm saying there is a fear in the Bible that's good and that's fear of the Lord fear of the Lord and it's for his awesomeness and his power so let me clarify that not all fear is bad but there is one fear that's good and Roger can correct me that's the only one I know of fear of the Lord but our, our natural instinct is different I'm, I'm talking this morning about you know that mother's natural instinct you could probably call it something besides fear um And one more thing about love, and you reminded me of that—the purest form of other than Jesus Christ that I found on Earth. And I never knew this because my mother left when I was two, and I never knew my mother. But I see it in my mother's, my my children's mother, and and Terry. When a mother stays up all night with a child that's sick, knowing that she's going to have to go to work the next day, or she's going to have to do laundry and have to do this, why does she do that? Doesn't feel sacrifice. She she doesn't do it because it feels good. She does it because she loves that child and would do anything for that child. That's not a feeling. That's just a commitment. And that's what the Lord wants from us, that commitment. But a mother's love for a child, you know, we love our children, don't we? But that mother, that's I mean, I've seen mothers do crazy things for their children. Okay? What your dad gets home now. Um, Any other gripping fear? And and I don't, that's not gripping. I think that's your nature, and that's what mothers do. That's what fathers do. I'm talking about living in a state of fear where it just crippled you. Anybody?
0: Fear kept me from witnessing to a dear family member. Um, The terrible situation is, I don't know whether they were saved or not. I hope and pray they were. But um, I asked the Lord for another chance, and then. Um, the Lord gave me another chance to witness to a um, member my husband Jim's family. And um, we're praying that through the Lord's help that she did come to Christ, and the Lord did give me another chance. But it left me with great depression. Months and months and months, yeah. you all have no idea. So I went through a share many, many courses, getting through, through that period of time, and I was ready to quit everything. Just, everything was over, I thought. But the Lord gave me other chances. He's brought my life. He's brought me through that into a whole new world. And so I'm just, just following the Lord day by day. Can't go back. But can move forward in the fear, in the support, and the strength of the Lord. And He never leaves us with <clears throat> the saints. He never will.
1: You'll find out you wasted a lot of time with that fear. But it's a real emotion. But it comes... It comes. Perfect love cast out all fear. There cannot be love and fear. They don't go hand in hand. They don't go... Because if you're fearing, you're not loving. God's love, fear, Satan. Okay? So, just a few lessons and nuggets today. Um, but I just want you to carry that that, that love is a choice. And to stay away from... Fear is coming. It's going to get worse. We've seen it through Corona. People still riding around by themselves in cars with masks on. They're fearful. And it's going to get worse. And the only way we can reach the lost is through love. That's it. Nothing else works. If you don't get anything else out of today, this whole book, is talk, it, it talks about love. It's love. It's all about love. And that's the way we reach the lost. Any, any more comments? Because they're coming for you. Any comments? So in the next few days, watch the news. Look for the fear. You'll see Satan working. You'll see it. Who preaches fear preaches what Satan wants them to preach. Okay? Alright, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this hour. And we pray that you have been honored and glorified in it. And thank you for the comments. We thank you for your love. Because without your love... Whew, This world will be a rough place. We pray for your Holy Spirit to protect us and our families. We pray that you'll go with us this week, that we will show love, and we'll be watching out for the snares that Satan will give us, and we will not live in fear, that we'll live in love, and to be able to win souls for you. And that's our ultimate goal, is to please you and try to get as many people um, in eternity in heaven with us. We love you, and we pray that if anybody today needs to accept you as Lord and Savior, they'll get out of that fear. They'll just walk down the aisle, and um, they'll just make that commitment right now. Because not guaranteed tomorrow. We we pray for your Holy Spirit to work on them now. We love you, and thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. So we're going to sing, and if uh, if somebody comes down the aisle, we'll talk to them.
2: If you please stand on page uh, 435, just as I am, it's a him up, off
0: invitation.